the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is brought to you by Bridgeway Community Church. From our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Seasoned expert on race, religion, relationships, Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Phone lines are open now, 888-432-7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital. Good afternoon, friends. David Anderson live right here in the nation's capital. How in the world are you today? Well, wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, maybe in front of your computer or your smartphone, watching me on Facebook Live, at Anderson Speaks is my handle there, or just type in Dr. David Anderson and you'll find me. Thanks for tuning in there. And, of course, for those of you who are on the most listened to Christian talk station on the East Coast, Second in the entire country, WAVA 105.1 FM, right here in Arlington, Virginia, covering all of Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C., Maryland, parts of West Virginia and Pennsylvania as well. Thanks a lot for tuning in, 105.1 FM. And, of course, if you're new to the show, uh, let me tell you how we roll. First, we've got Marriage Mondays, Tough Topic Tuesdays, Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays, and then open phone in Fridays. Anything you want to talk to me about on Friday is fair game. But today, it's Tough Topic Tuesday, and we want to talk today about building a bridge between our faith, our politics, and our patriotism. We've got a special guest that's going to be joining us as soon as I uh, say amen to my prayer. His name is Shane Claiborne. He's been on the show before, and you're going to love connecting with him and the passion that he brings. Also, if you want to call me, the number is 888-432-7434. That's the number live in studio. If you're trying to remember the number, just remember the word bridge, 888-43-BRIDGE. Well, listen, where do you think we fall with regard to keeping that balance between our faith, our, our true north, uh, who we are following, the Lord Jesus Christ? And our politics, our patriotism, our nationalism, we've got somebody very special that I want you to meet if you haven't already met him. So let's go to prayer right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for waking us up this morning and giving us an opportunity to have yet another robust conversation on a tough topic. Even as we're driving around these beltways in Baltimore and in Virginia and in Washington, D.C., give us your words. Even out there on the shore or in the mountains of West Virginia, Lord, give us your words today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. It's Tough Topic Tuesday. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. And today's topic, building a bridge between our faith, our politics, and our patriotism. 
And with me on the line today is Shane Claiborne. He's a prominent speaker, activist, best-selling author. He has worked with Mother Teresa in Calcutta, founded The Simple Way in Philadelphia. He leads Red Letter Christians, a movement of folks who are committed to living as Jesus meant things to be said and led. He wants us to really follow those red letters in the Bible. Shane is also an author of books like Jesus for President, Red Letter Revolution, and his classic, The Irresistible Revolution. But his latest book is called Executing Grace, How the Death Penalty Killed Jesus and Why It's Killing Us. In fact, I had Shane on to talk about that book and the death penalty a while ago. I've had him on my show a couple of times. But here's the most important thing you need to know about Shane. Shane is my brother and my friend. Hey, Shane, how in the world are you? <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm doing great. It's uh, wonderful to be back on the tough topic Tuesdays. Brother. Well, you know, we got to save the tough ones for you, Shane, because you're out there <laughs> slaying demons, you know, so... <laughs> Thanks for taking time to be with us. Hey, the reason I wanted you on today is because you're planning a big revival this weekend. Tell us about it and tell us why. Yeah, man. Well, we're, we're uh, doing this revival in Lynchburg. Uh, and, you know, first of all, it's, it's not lightly that we use the word revival. And mm. as you look at the old school revivals of, uh, Wesley and Finney and Wilberforce and a lot of these revival preachers, they were certainly inviting people into a relationship with Jesus, yeah. but they were also inviting people to uh, commit their lives to justice and to mm. the abolition of slavery. Mm. And so we've said this is a revival uh, that's all about Jesus and mm. justice. And mm. we're going to hold those together like two sides of scissors. You know, they, they've got to go together. How about and, that? Uh, we, we thought Lynchburg's a great place to start. I mean, I, I, there's all kinds of history there, uh, but it's also the home of Liberty University, the largest Christian university in the country. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, President Falwell at Liberty has uh, been not just a supporter of Donald Trump, but actually has called him the dream president. Mm. And, and so I think there's a number of us that, that, uh, uh, believe God's got a different dream mm. <laughs> than, the, than the things that we are seeing from uh, uh, President Trump. And mm. we, we want to pray for our country. Uh, so we're gathering in Lynchburg with Liberty students and alumni, pastors in Lynchburg, Charlottesville, like all over, and uh, hearing great preachers like you, DA, you know, mm. and all kinds of folks that are going to be uh, preaching Jesus and justice. And we, we literally are hoping um, to do altar calls where we see people commit their lives to Jesus mm. and uh, to justice. We got uh, hundreds of folks coming from, uh, I think, over 25 states now. So half the country and uh, a bunch of other uh, countries internationally folks are coming from. Uh, but I think most importantly, too, folks right there in Lynchburg that wow. uh, are concerned about the state of the church hmm. uh, in the middle of Donald Trump's uh, kind of era of leadership. Interesting. So then when I come back from my break, I want to ask you, uh, what is the focus of the revival? Is it an anti-Trump movement? Is it a, a pro-new president movement? Is it nothing to do with the president? Is it all about Jesus and justice? So let me run to our break, and when you come back, uh, talk to me about uh, it, it, about liberty, about Trump. Is it 
anti-Trump. What about so many white evangelicals and maybe even some black ones that are saying, you know what, we, we believe that this is God's man for God's hour. When I come back, I got Shane Claiborne. He's on the hot seat. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. The Multicultural Ministry Handbook. What is multicultural ministry? How does it affect me? Why is it important? If you want to know the answers to these and many other questions, then the Multicultural Ministry Handbook is a must-read. This story was modeled on the pioneering planting of Bridgeway Community Church, where founding pastor Dr. David Anderson had the vision for a dynamic, diverse, grace-filled place. Authored by a group of folks who've been doing ministry together for many years, this book is a testimony of personal journeys and practical ideas for any church with the desire to do life as God would have us do it. The Multicultural Ministry Handbook, published by InterVarsity Press, can be purchased at your local bookstore, Amazon.com, or Andersonspeaks.com. raised by her professor, why are you here at Omega Graduate School? Sebla Diluhailu answered in one of her essays like this, I was not there just to add a prefix to my name, though that would feel good. The greater purpose of my preparation at OGS is to fulfill my mandate to be a change agent. The doctoral study is a time of preparation for me to see and to think, to understand the times and to craft my way in fulfilling my calling. Sebla Diluhailu, a current doctor of philosophy student from Ethiopia, is a counselor and adjunct psychology professor who hosts a weekly radio show in the capital city of Ethiopia and is an advocate for empowering women and children. What is your profession and how can OGS help you grow to the next level in your graduate education? Dr. David Anderson is the new chancellor of Omega Graduate School, formerly known as Oxford Graduate School, and your education as a working adult is important to him, to God, and to all who will be changed in the world because of your important research. Go to OGS.edu today and apply, or call 1-800-933-6188. Welcome back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. For more information about this program or for resources from Dr. Anderson, please visit andersonspeaks.com. You can call our hotline at any time at 888-432-7434. That's 888-43-BRIDGE. To watch us on Facebook Live or to check out previous broadcasts, visit Dr. Anderson's public Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson and click Like. Join our text community and receive a free weekly textpiration from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 50555. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 50555. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. And I'm back. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. It's Tough Topic Tuesday. We've got a hot one today with our special guest, Shane Claiborne. If you want to give us a call and join the conversation, or if you have a question for Shane, our number live in studio is 888-43-BRIDGE. Uh, Shane's an activist. He is the leader of a movement called Red Letter Christians. It's a movement of folks who are committed to living just as Jesus said. And uh, Shane is hosting, along with several others, uh, the Red Letters Revival 
in Lynchburg, Virginia. That happens this Friday night. Shane, what time does it start? Yeah, we're going to start at 6 o'clock, and we're going to go until late. Mm -hmm. Just like a real <laughs> revival, huh? Yeah, that's right, man, until the spirit's done, my brother. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then we're going to go all day Saturday. We got some uh, breakout sessions and workshops in the day, and then Saturday night we'll go at it again, starting mm. at 6 o'clock and uh, through the night. Gotcha. And where is it located in Lynchburg, Virginia? It's at the historic E.C. Glass Auditorium. And I found this out, David, uh, that Martin Luther King came to Lynchburg one time, and he preached in this very auditorium. And one of the things he said is people are telling us, they keep telling us to cool down, and if we got any cooler, we'd be frozen. Mm, how <laughs> so, about that? You know, we'll be there two days after we remember the, the, the you know, the, the death of Dr. King and uh, – uh, he'll be on our minds as as well, brother. Well, you know, tomorrow marks the 50th anniversary of Dr. King's assassination, really a commemoration of it. Uh, what did Dr. King mean to you, Shane? So much. Uh, I, th I think, uh, I mean, there's so many things I, that Dr. King has uh, mentored me in, you know. But one of the things that, that, that Dr. King uh, talked about was the giant, triplets of evil in America, and mm. he named those as racism, materialism, and militarism. Mm -hmm. And, oh, my brother, I think I, he said that 50 years ago, you know, and you talk about tough topics. I mean, racism, materialism, and militarism, uh, Dr. King called the giant triplets of evil. So we're going to be praying around each of those, uh, mm. praying for our country and the healing of our own hearts ar around those things. Uh, mm. uh, so there's, there's a lot of other things I learned from Dr. King, you know, a commitment to nonviolence, uh, uh, the power of protest to expose injustice, mm. um, and, and even just living counterculturally. You know, Dr. King, at one point, somebody said he was maladjusted, and he embraced the term, and he said, you're darn right I'm maladjusted. Uh, we live in a world that's become way too adjusted mm. to injustice. We've become way too adjusted to racism and inequity and violence. So we, mm. we need some wholly maladjusted people. So, How about that? Uh, Dr. King is, is one of my great teachers, brother. Well, listen, now, as a white man talking about King and leading movements like this, are you one of those sort of liberal, democratic white men that really – is trying to sort of pull everybody left? Are you are you one of those guys in the university that seems to be writing these books and, and pulling everybody to left liberalism? Uh, or are you finding yourself <laughs> in the center somewhere? Who is Shane Claiborne? Help us understand you for those listeners who are listening for the first time as they drive around the Beltway and they're trying to figure out who is this guy that Anderson's yeah, hanging out with. <laughs> I think more than anything, brother, I'm in love with Jesus, mm. and that means that I, I find myself uh, not very at home mm. in, in in a party or with mm. a candidate or you know with these even these categories like liberal and conservative. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes Jesus blows those away, mm. and a lot of those labels I find really uh, unhelpful, you know, because mm. one of my driving. Uh, I mean, we wrote this book called Jesus for President, you know, and, we're, and in it, one of the things that we said is like one of the challenges with politics is that we misplace our hope mm. and we put our hope in a in a person or a party, uh, you know, that that, that we think is going to change the world. And that's exactly 
I think, the, uh, the shortcoming of a lot of our political imagination, whereas the early Christians, they were proclaiming another king and another kingdom. And every time they said Jesus is Lord, they were declaring that Caesar is not. Mm. So I, I think we, we need a new political imagination. And that, that's where this gets uh, uh, even more uh, uh, challenging because, like, I think Jesus, as I look at the things he said, uh, like, blessed are the poor, right. blessed are the merciful, mm. blessed are the peacemakers, they're the children of God. Yeah. Many of those things that we read in the Sermon on the Mount are the antithesis of the things that have come to define America. Well, and to define uh, evangelicalism in some ways recently, is this more of an anti-Trump rally, or is that not your intention, Shane? Okay, Shane, we got to get you back. You are on a cell phone, so I realize that as well. By the way, if you have a question for Shane as we get him back, feel free to give us a call. The number here is 888-432-7434. That's 888-43-BRIDGE. And we're talking today about uh, building a bridge between our faith, our politics, and our patriotism our faith, our politics, and our patriotism. And how do you find that balance as a follower of Jesus? Are you more committed to uh, your country, our country, uh, your party, uh, whether that's uh, the conservative sort of Republican Party or the Democratic sort of liberal party, uh, or do you find yourself like Shane who says it's kind of hard to put a label uh, a label on me and because you know jesus does kind of blow those up he's not 100 percent democrat 100 percent republican he's 100 percent lord and savior and i'm sure that uh in both parties you can find some real uh, uh negativity uh and probably some positivity as well and so uh let's go back now to shane who we got back on the line Shane, you were saying that, you know, labels don't quite define you. Jesus sort of blows up those different labels. But then I asked you, uh, is the Red Letters revival this Friday night in um, Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, April the 6th and 7th, is that an anti-Trump rally? Is that your uh, M.O. here, or are you looking for something else? Well, the beautiful thing about this gathering is that it, is centered around Jesus, not mm -hmm. Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been, uh, you know, this is not an anti-Trump rally. This is a pro-Jesus rally. Mm. But I think in that is also this sense that, you know, we're not going to Lynchburg to vilify Jerry Falwell or Liberty University. We're going to Lynchburg to lift up Jesus. Mm. Uh, but here's what's so important, David, I think, is that one of the best critiques of what has gone wrong with white evangelicalism is Jesus. Because we're coming to lift up the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, love your enemies, and asks questions like, can we simultaneously prepare to kill them? You know, like mm. we're coming to Lynchburg to say, Jesus said, when you welcome the stranger, you welcome me. Right. If you don't welcome the stranger, you don't welcome me. What does that mean for immigration? You know, mm. so I, I do believe that our faith is not just a ticket into heaven. But our faith actually fuels us to care about the world that we live in as well as the afterlife. You mm. know? And, and uh, I care about policies because it's a natural part of uh, loving my neighbor as myself mm. is 
caring about policies that affect my neighbor. You know, so I don't think politicians are, are going to, uh, you know, have all the solutions to the world's problems. But I do think that abortion is not the only pro-life issue mm-hmm. in America, that gun violence, immigration, uh, the movement for black lives and racial justice, all of these are also issues of life and death. And I think they matter to God. And that's what we're there to to, to worship Jesus and to connect our faith to the world we're living in right now. Why do you think that we don't hear more evangelicals talking about issues of justice like the ones you have just mentioned? Of course, there are evangelicals like yourself, me, and others that we could name. But on whole, you don't oftentimes see the representatives of evangelicalism who are on the news or who have the big pulpits or or platforms talk about matters of justice even when charlottesville uh happened uh it was hard to find uh, a lot of white preachers who would even address the issue hence from that point you've lost so many minorities who are like how can i even come to church and worship when you don't even see me or see what i'm feeling yeah i i that's a great question and and my my two cents on this would be that A part of what's happened in evangelicalism, and I think particularly in white evangelicalism, is that we've um, created this individualism, uh, this kind of spirituality that's just between us and God. Mm. Sin is just about personal sins, um, unless you're the president, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) But, you know, and we we kind of— divorce that from what the the scriptures call the principalities and powers, Mm. right? That actually sin affects our institutions. It affects uh, uh, our neighborhoods, our government, like all of that. And and so, you know, when you look at the past, we've kind of either had the social gospel, which kind of ignores the personalism of God, Mm. or we've had the individual personal salvation, which can ignore the social injustices, and, and we're, we're trying to hold those together and say, mm. yeah, God is healing hearts, but God is also healing our streets. Mm. Uh, and, and the other thing that I would say, David, is that um, a lot of times what we've done is we've promised a hurting world life after death. Right. And I believe in the afterlife, and I'm excited about that. But I don't think that Jesus just came to prepare us to die. Right. I think Jesus came to teach us to live and to love, and that the kingdom of God Jesus talked about is is something we are to seek now on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, so if we're not careful, our faith can become just a ticket into heaven and a license to ignore the injustice of the world around us. Mm. And I think that's where we, we really miss the mark, brother, and we end wow. up promising people life after death when so many are asking, is there life before death? You know, ah. doesn't the gospel have anything to do with with the injustices that we see in our world right now. And I think it, it has every bit to do with that. Do you think that this individualism then makes people think of, yes, I'm going to make it to heaven one day, but there's no relevance to the justice of today if I'm just nice to my neighbor and, and that sort of thing until I get to the rapture, until the Lord takes me home? Do you feel like uh, we need to be pricked to say, hey, wake up right now and do something in the streets? Is that what I'm sensing from you? Yeah, one of the things that uh, a friend of mine, Alexia Salvatierra, wanted to choose which issues you care about. Mm. Yeah, how (laughs) about that? There's a whole lot of people that don't uh, have to choose.
choose right. to be uh, concerned about immigration because their everyday reality is right. threatened. You know, uh, people that don't choose to be uh, affect, you know, care about uh, police brutality or something because it, it's you know chosen them. So right. I think that's why it is particularly a problem of white evangelicalism is we have the privilege. Uh, to not care if we don't want to. Hmm. So you can kind of pick and choose the issue that matters most to you, and if it doesn't cross the landscape of your life, then it really doesn't uh, rise to the level of urgency. Yeah, and I think that's why we've we've so narrowly defined what it means to be pro-life as really just being Mm anti-abortion or pro-birth. You know, Mm -hmm. so it may be that America is one of the few places in the world where you can be pro-guns, pro-war, pro-death penalty, and still say you're pro-life. Wow. (laughs) Oh, oh, no, you didn't, Shane Claiborne. (laughs) Okay, you know what? When we get back from the break, we're going to unpack what you just said because somebody needs to write that down and reflect on that. All right, friends, three minutes. We're coming back. I got Shane Claiborne, and he's dropping he's dropping stuff on us. Don't miss this. Tell your friends I need to get on Facebook Live or get on 105.1 FM right now to listen to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson and Shane Claiborne. MyPillow has now made it easier than ever to own a MyPillow. Not only are they still offering a 10-year warranty, not only is it guaranteed not to go flat, made in the USA, washable and dryable, but here is one of their best offers yet. For a limited time, go to MyPillow.com or call 800-517-3636. Use the promo code WAVA to take advantage of the four-pack special. You'll get 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. Now you can take your MyPillow with you when you travel and even give one to a friend. There's no excuse to delay any longer. Purchase the best pillow you'll ever own. Call 800-517-3636. Get the four-pack special. That's 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. MyPillow will get you into that deep sleep faster and you will stay there longer. Call 800-517-3636. Notice the difference a good night's sleep can make at home or now even when you travel. Call 800-517-3636 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code WAVA. People ask us all the time, what makes us different as a direct lender? Hey everyone, this is Mike. And this is Brian of Fellowship Home Loans. As a direct lender, there are any number of things that are working to your advantage. Because there's no middleman, you deal directly with the decision makers. So what that means to you is that there's one less person in the process, and that savings is passed on to you. And we make the decisions in our office. And this is done in a matter of weeks, not months. As a mortgage lender guided by Christian principles, our priorities are different. And as a direct lender, we approach each lending situation differently, too. We work hard to ensure that everything we do demonstrates this commitment. Give us a call today at 800-804-SAVE or online at fellowshiphomeloans.com. That's 800-804-7283 or fellowshiphomeloans.com. Intercontinental Capital Group, DBA, Fellowship Home Loans, Equal Housing Opportunity Lender, NMLS number 60134. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. 
He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. And we're back. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. And if you want to make sure that your basement stays dry, make sure you call Best Buy Waterproofing. Just go to bestbuywaterproofing.com or call the owner over there and tell him that I sent you 844-980-3707. That's his number. Let me say it again, 844-980-3707 bestbuywaterproofing.com. Now listen, if you're just getting in your car and you're just tuning in, I've got a special guest with me today, uh, Shane Claiborne, prominent author, activist, and best-selling uh, author. He has runs something called The Simple Way. He's worked with Mother Teresa in Calcutta. Uh, he's uh, been on the front lines of trying to do justice ministry and to remind all of us as followers of Jesus what really matters. And uh, there's a very big special event happening this Friday and Saturday in Lynchburg, Virginia, called the Red Letters Revival. I'll be there Friday night preaching. It's in Lynchburg outside of Liberty University at the EC Glass Auditorium. It kicks off at 6 p.m. You want to make sure uh, to get there early and realize that you're going to be staying there late. (laughs) Shane Claiborne with me today. Before the uh, break, Shane, uh, you said America's the only country where you can say you're pro-guns, pro-war, and what else? Pro-death penalty and pro- still say you're pro-life. Pro-death <laughs> penalty and still say you're pro-life. My goodness. Why is that such a conundrum? Well, I, 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 the problem is that we don't have a consistent ethic of life, you mm. know, and there's no party or candidate that usually embodies that very well. Mm. And that was certainly true in the last election. I think it's been uh, one of the the great shortcomings of our political options is that you don't really have a pro-life candidate. Uh, You may have an, you know, anti-abortion candidate that's uh, not pro-life on something else, you know. And so Mm. I think that one of the things that is stunning about the early church, um, the early Christians in the first few centuries, is the consistency of their ethic of life. Mm. Uh, they spoke out against violence and death um, in every iteration that it, 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 you know, every disguise it had, whether it was the death penalty or uh, military service in combat and war or um, abortion. They were passionate on all of these things. And uh, it's mm. also why I have so much respect for Mother Teresa and, and so many of the other great saints mm. uh, uh, is uh, – Mother Teresa is often known for her passion on the abortion issue, but she was just as passionate uh, about the death penalty and all these other issues of life. And so I I like to say, you know, uh, 
I'm pro-life uh, from the womb to the tomb. You All know, the way the through. Cradle to the grave. All yeah. the way through. Why Why are we so fascinated with with guns? Uh, you know, I was, I was a, a sergeant in the military. I fired M-16s. I was the M-60 gunner on the back of the platoon. Thank God I never had to go to war and kill anyone as a chaplain's assistant. But, but why is it that we have this fascination? I know what it's like to pull a trigger, and, and I know what that feels like. And there's a jolt, there's an excitement to it when you're shooting a can. You know, or, or yeah, a, a yeah, bucket yeah. of a bucket of paint. You know, if I'm out in the in the mountains in my mountain home, there's there's something uh, kind of fun about that. But the idea of packing uh, and and being able to shoot somebody if they come against me, there is a power to carrying that thing. Let me tell you, it, you do feel empowered as if you're really protected. What's that fascination about from your standpoint, especially because you live on the streets of Philadelphia? You've seen a lot, Shane. What do you think it is? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm going to say, you know, I, I got to throw all my cards on the table, D.A. I, I was I grew up in East Tennessee, uh, you know, where God and guns were to get, you know, we even mm. got country music. Said, this house is protected by the good Lord and a gun. And if you come uninvited, you'll meet them both. You know, so I, I grew up. It's terrible. I know it's terrible, but I grew up with guns. You know, I was lethal to squirrels. And, you know, I went squirrel hunting with my grandfather, and I grew up shooting guns. But then um, you start to see what has happened to our country. And I honestly believe that it is not an exaggeration to say that we've uh, created an idolatry of, of guns, hmm. uh, this sort of – uh, that we put our faith in our guns more than our God. Mm. Um, and so when you end up trusting in something short of God, and you, I mean, like literally the scriptures say some may trust in chariots and some may trust in horses, mm. but we trust in the, in the name of our God, you know, and I, I think that there's this sense that we can, uh, we hold our fate in our own hands, you mm. know. Um, and so we, I'm writing a book on this now called Beating Guns. Mm. And, um, and what you find is that what we have in America is unprecedented anywhere else in the world. Mm. Um, 90 deaths a day from guns. We've got 5% of the world's population, but almost half of the world's civilian-owned guns. Mm. And, and, you know, uh, so I, there, there's something that's happened to us when we've got more guns than people, and we have mm. more gun deaths than than. Uh, anywhere else in the world, you know, mm. and, and so I think the Parkland students and the Black Lives Matter movement, so many uh, folks have brought attention to the epidemic of violence, and and uh, uh, but but you know, I mean, what we're, what I think we're seeing is people that are asking really sensible questions, like, do semi-automatic assault rifles belong on the street? Well, you know, yeah, we're not talking about. Yeah, we're not talking about just taking squirrel hunting yeah, with. Ex exactly, in the mountains, shooting a squirrel, even though, you know, people might even have a problem with that, and I could see why. I don't like to see any life killed. But listen, Shane, i got to run to a break. When I get back in three minutes, let's carry on this conversation about our fascination with weapons. I'll be right back. 
Dr. Anderson would love for you to join his brand new public figure Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson on Facebook, and when you see his smiling face, click like. It's another great way for you to connect and follow the good doc. Have you been hurt, cheated on, lied to, or unfairly treated by others? Do you have a difficult time forgiving others or extending grace? Then you have to purchase my brand new book, I For Grace You. In bookstores now and on Amazon.com, I For Grace You, doing good to those who've hurt you. You will be freed from anger, bitterness, resentment, and guilt. I For Grace You by Dr. David Anderson. That's me. Go to Amazon.com. I For Grace You. Get freed up today. Have you ever walked into your basement and there was that smell? You weren't quite sure what it was. Mold, mildew, cracks, or blistered paint in your walls? Well, listen, you need to call Best Buy Waterproofing. They'll come by, give you a free inspection, and they'll let you know, is it water wreaking havoc on the foundation of your home? They have more than 30 years of experience, and they're ready to give you and all my listeners a free basement inspection. All you got to do is give them a call. 844-980-3707. One more time. Here's the number. 844-980-3707. Or check them out at bestbuywaterproofing.com. And by the way, if you do business with them, they'll donate $500 to support my radio ministry. So give them a call. Best Buy Waterproof. Hi, my name is Attorney James McCollum, and my firm practices in the area of employment law. I've practiced employment law since 1988. I've represented many persons in federal and state courts and administrative agencies. Employment law is complex, and whatever your issue, we know that it is important to you. We'd be honored and privileged to serve you. Let McCollum and Associates work for you. Call us at 301-864-6070. That's 301-864-6070. It's Tough Topic Tuesday. It's a hot one. That's why I had to call in Shane Claiborne. He is uh, the head of Red Letter Christians, and he is trying to prick the hearts of believers to say there is something more important than uh, all the things that we seem to be so committed to in our politics and in our patriotism, which is important, but most of all, it's Jesus. And what would Jesus do? Where would Jesus uh, be? How would Jesus cause us to live our lives every day? And, uh, you know, this coming weekend, Shane, you're hosting a revival in Lynchburg, Virginia, starting at 6 p.m. at the EC Glass Auditorium. Why did you do this? Why now? Why there? Well, the the we were just talking about guns, and and you know I think that it's important that Lynchburg has in some ways uh, allowed us to put a finger on the kind of Christianity that has been so problematic. Um, uh, for instance, this last week during Holy Week, where we remember Jesus and the violence that he endured, Liberty University announced the opening of its state-of-the-art gun range, mm. <laughs> where they are having inviting all of their students to carry weapons on campus. And, I mean, this is in the wake of Parkland and, you know, a massive national movement against gun violence, the March for Our Lives, like all of this. So I think that's part of what we're seeing is that we um, – it's hard to worship Jesus who carried a cross and carry that cross in one hand 
and carry a gun in the other. Mm. You know, to say that we're going to love our enemies and also we're going to pack heat, you know. Right. And what, you know, Jerry Falwell literally after the San Bernardino shooting uh, pointed to the gun and, and uh, behind him and he said if, if those folks had had one of these, they wouldn't be in this situation. You know, we're going to take out the Muslims before they get here. He said some really terrible things. Hmm. And I think that's part of the problem is that we see some of the most, the loudest voices of Christianity um, haven't always been the most beautiful ones. And we want to see folks that love Jesus and that, uh, that are committed to living like Jesus did, that see Christianity not just as a set of doctrines on paper, but a way that we are to live in the world. Yeah. And a part of that is certainly, I think, a passionate commitment to nonviolence. Well, one of the— uh, uh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, I think one of the things that drive this is fear. Uh, you know, even with our Second Amendment fear that we need to protect ourselves from being overtaken. And, and, and even to this day, you know, the more guns we have, the more we can protect ourselves. But it seems like it's driven fr from a place of fear. And the Lord says, I did not give you a spirit of fear, <laughs> you know, uh, but a power, right, right. A love and sound mind. But it seems like fear is driving this, the way we can handle these people that are coming, these Muslims or the Chinese or the blacks or whoever it may be, is by, you know, stocking up on our guns and, or the government, for that matter. The government's going to come and take us over. We're going to have our guns and we're going to be ready to take, take, take them out like a militia. Um, do you see fear as one of the driving uh, motivators here as well? As idolatry? Yeah, absolutely. I um I think that the scripture is so clear that when that perfect love casteth out fear. Mm. You know that that uh that, that fear doesn't have uh you know love doesn't make much room for fear and and I think we can also see the current state of our country that um that fear doesn't have much room for love. Mm. And when fear is driving the rhetoric and the policies of our country, we're all in big trouble. Yeah. We don't have to look too far in history to see that when fear rather than love compels us, we do really terrible things. Yeah. And, you know, from the building of the wall to, you know, this, this the kind of language uh, around immigrants and Muslims and the rise of hate crimes. So I think we need to declare, you know, in the name of Jesus, that love casteth out fear. And we will yeah. not allow fear to drive our policies. And you can see that in the guns. I mean, we're not talking about getting rid of hunting rifles. Like, th there's many Christians right now that are saying, what we're talking about is, semi-automatic assault rifles that are designed to kill as many people as yeah. quickly as possible. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're being used for over and over, the weapon of choice in mass shootings. Yeah. Um, or, you know, laws like in Virginia there, there was a law, one handgun a month, that wasn't taking away even handguns, but it was saying we're going to limit them to 12 a year per person. Mm. <laughs> and yet the radical gun lobby of the NRA was still uh, able to overturn some of those really sensible laws that would save lives. And I, I think that's, that's where we're seeing a movement now that says this is a pro-life issue as well. Um, and uh, we, we want to see gun, you know, gun violence come to an end. What's interesting is sometimes we want to separate ourselves, Shane, from our history. And we got our nation through violence. And, and then now it's like we want to protect our nation with violence. You know what I mean? This idea of, 
you know, I mean, the, the whole we, way we got here, you know, we're talking about we don't want these immigrants coming in, yet we kill all the Indians, you know, all the Native Americans that were here first, and we kill Africans, and we bring them over here and enslave them using guns and using violence to do it, and then once we get everything set up, we want to talk about our right to protect ourselves from anybody that would even want to encroach upon us. How do we rectify this? Is there a repentance wow. that we need? <laughs> Brother, are we going to have repentance on Friday night? I, I, I hope so. And you, you, you're just getting going right now. So you're you're getting me started. You're getting me started. You're getting me started. You're getting me started. Exactly it, man. It's, it's, it's exactly what we got to do. We got we to gotta come to come back to Jesus again. And when, we, when we've uh, uh, replaced the cross with a gun on our altars and we got pastors saying, uh, bring your guns to church, you know, th- this isn't the gospel I read about, you know. Mm. So I think you're exactly right. This goes all the way back to our original sins in this country that – um, what we did to na- Native folks, what we did to African American folks, and in places like Lynchburg, you literally had white folks that were uh, killing African American folks and going to church on Sunday morning. You know, I yeah. mean, th- we we white folks have done some really terrible things uh, uh, with the Bible in our hand to justify it, and so we've got to repent of that, brother. And I'm excited that we're going to hear from all kinds of uh, 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 brothers and sisters in Lynchburg. Uh, some of them I know well and you know well. Others are new voices, and I think that's, uh, that's where we need, to, we need to sing a new song that hmm. uh, is, it sounds like Jesus again, man. Hmm. You know, there's enough blame to go around. It's not just white folk, of course, but you being a white male, um, has this been hard for you to speak like this? Like, do other, are, do other white folk... Um, are they attracted to you or are they repelled by you? <laughs> because you well, could, you I, could I ask me the same question as a black man, but I'm asking you as my white brother, what has it been like for you to bear this message with your own uh, people from you know, sort of your own color hue, if you will? Well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you almost – if you don't feel – uh, some kind of sparks fly. I kind of wonder if we're saying anything at all, you know. Mm. And and I I, I um my, I, I'm not out to you know uh, uh, be controversial. I'm out to proclaim Jesus, you know. And mm. and yeah, like I think what has been incredible to me, David, is the letters that I get from non Christians uh-huh. that are saying things like. Thank you. Thank you. I knew that there was more to Christianity Mm. than the televangelists and the cover-up bishops and the patriotic pastors. Mm. I love Jesus. I just wish the Christians looked more like the Jesus they worship. Mm. That's the kind of letters I get over and over. And I I do think there's kind of a generational disconnect. Mm. A lot of the old guard, um, you know, you think of the, the the white evangelicals that have been the most prominent, you know, the 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 uh, some of them we don't even hardly recognize, you know, like like the John Hagees and Pat Robertsons and you know James Dobson and Franklin Graham. But there's mm. a whole new movement I think happening in the church, and and it, it's not just white folks. It's, it's yeah. actually led, and I think some of the healthiest expressions of Christianity are among leaders of color right now. Wow. Well, you're stirring stuff up, my brother. You always have. And you've, you've said to me, we got to show up for each other's stuff. I'm showing up for your stuff. I'm going to be there Friday night. When we get back in just three minutes, we're going to land this plane. Shane, you hold on. And friends, don't you go anywhere.
Springs warmer weather means Manassas Christian School summer camp adventure is already in full swing. This year's theme is inspiring children to change the world. As before, there are multiple camp options available, including day camp, specialty camps, swim camps, extended care options, and our CIT program, Counselors in Training. All camps are available on a first-come basis beginning June 11th. Conveniently located in West Manassas, the Manassas Christian School features a full-size gym, welcome packets with T-shirts, private supervised pool, and transportation service. Don't wait until June to plan the best summer has to offer. Call today, 703-583-6158 or online at miniland.com. When you're on WAVA.com, be sure to use the keyword Manassas School. Call 703-583-6158 or online at miniland.com. Get your kid in the camp they really want at this year's camp adventure. Call 703-583-6158 or online at miniland.com. As always, great to have Brian Sheely joining me, one of the co-founders of Fellowship Home Loans. Brian, what's the latest news in the real estate market? Where are those rates going? Have they been going up or down, and where do you see them heading? They've held pretty steadily over the past, say, week, week and a half or so, but they are talking about another rate hike. Now, we've talked about this enough that rate hikes don't necessarily mean that mortgage rates are jumping up. But there usually is a knee-jerk reaction to see interest rates come up a little bit. So, you know, I don't think they're going to go through the roof. But I think right now you want to kind of get that mortgage checkup that we've talked about so often. Hey, if you want to do that, folks, here's the number, 1-800-804-SAVE. 1-800-804-7283. Or you can visit them on web at fellowshiphomeloans.com. John Van Pay, pastor and author of the new book, Marathon Faith. Surrendering your life to Jesus is the greatest decision you'll ever make. But that's just the starting line. Many of us begin our spiritual races of following Jesus with unrealistic expectations that hinder us from crossing the finish line. Every faith journey encounters obstacles. Just open the Bible. And my new book, Marathon Faith, Motivation from the Greatest Endurance Runners of the Bible, I write about how men and women of faith overcame obstacles and how you can do the same. Along with scriptural references, I include my own life experiences about endurance running. When things get tough, let God help you endure your race so you too can finish well. Order your copy of author John Van Pay's compelling new book, Marathon Faith, Motivation from the Greatest Endurance Runners of the Bible, at Amazon and at barnesandnoble.com. This is Rich Becker, producer of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. The radio ministry of Real Talk with Dr. Anderson is made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. If this nonprofit ministry is a blessing to you, will you prayerfully consider partnering with us? With an ongoing monthly gift of $30 or more, you'll become a Real Talk partner. As a way of saying thank you, we would love to send you a signed copy of Dr. Anderson's book, Gracism. Thank you for making this important ministry possible. We can't do it without you. Visit andersonspeaks.com and simply click the donate button to support Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's andersonspeaks.com. 
Man, thank you so much for your support. Listen, I have Shane Claiborne with me, and we're just about to land this plane. A lot of activity going on on my Facebook page there, Shane. But one person asked the question, what would his your position be about police? In other words, what would a discipled police officer look like? Wow, what a good question. What do you think? <laughs> well, it's, 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 it is an interesting question, and I uh, – I, I got the, a bunch of uh, emails from the UK that said uh, the beautiful thing over here is that our police don't usually carry weapons. There is an armed police force that they call if they need it, but mm. generally the police don't have to carry weapons. And I thought, wow, the the problem here in our country is we've got so many guns. Those are the same guns that kill police, they kill our kids, you know. And so I, I think we've got to begin to root out our violence. But I I think. Uh, uh, that that sin of violence uh, goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, you know, mm. right outside as uh, Cain killed Abel. And, and that I, I think we can say anywhere there is violence, um, uh, it is it is a part of that fall and that mm. sin that is in us. So we we need to declare that. And whether it comes from the police or from uh, anywhere, I think that that violence is, is uh, impossible to reconcile with the Prince of Peace, who yeah. even, you know, asked for forgiveness for the folks that were taking his life. Well, it's really got to be very, very difficult for uh, people to try to hold the truth of peace and protection at the same time. And, uh, yeah. you know, when you talk about violence, Cain and Abel, you're talking about a one-on-one -on -one violence. But when you talk about bombs or you talk about uh, semi-automatic weapons, it's mass violence very quickly. And uh, it's killing as many as you can. And uh, it's, it's just got to be difficult uh, for people to try to figure this one out. That's why I wanted to have you on because you speak to it uh, so very clearly and passionately. I often think about, um, you know, the Amish and and it seems like they're living a pretty peaceful life. And then uh, I know you have so many stories. We don't have time now because we've got to come <laughs> to the end. But I know we're going to hear more come this weekend. Can yeah. you tell us one more time when? and where, and quickly, why we need to be there. Yeah, so the Red Letter Revival in Lynchburg will be Friday night and Saturday, April 6th and 7th, this weekend. Uh, you can go to our website, redletterchristians.org, or you can go to RL for Red Letter, RLRevival.org, and register. And uh, I look forward to seeing all y'all and you too, uh, David, on, on Friday and Saturday in Lynchburg. Looking forward to preaching there Friday night, my friend. Thanks for the good work you're doing. Let's pray together and let me pray for you, Shane. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to have these kinds of tough conversations where people have to grapple with what it means to follow the red letters, the, the words of Jesus in the scriptures. Uh, help Shane to continue to craft his message and all those of us who are trying to figure out how to build these bridges. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen, my brother. Children.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.